This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where in this edition we'll be talking about Tottenham's final pre-season friendly before the Premier League campaign starts on Sunday. I am live from Barcelona outside the Olympic Stadium where Spurs have just been beaten 4-2, having been 2-1 up with two Oliver Skip goals at half-time. I've got three very special guests to talk about this pre-season, tonight's game and the transfer window. Back with us, actor Ricky Norwood. Rick, how are you, mate? I'm OK, my friend. I've had a couple of technical issues this evening, so sorry for the little bit of the delay in starting the show tonight. But yes, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to jump in. I'm happy that it's the last pre-season game and I'm happy to get down to the real business. Come on, you Spurs. Back with us also is channel regular Craig Dearman. Craig, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, Chris. I'm all good. Thank you. Yeah, not the not the best way to sign off tonight, but a lot of uh, positive uh, things to come out of tonight, I think. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely. Uh, also back with us is Ollie Gamp, of course, uh, Daily Mail journalist. Ollie, how are you? Very good, thanks. In spite of another Spurs Spursy loss, but yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Good to have be uh, back on the podcast, Chris. Thank you for coming. Um, Ricky, let's start the show with you. Give me your thoughts on tonight's game because I tell you what, I feel there are a lot of positives. I probably would have wanted a, a game or two more, uh, but we can certainly see what Ange Postacoglu is trying to do. The defence, again, has probably let us down this evening, although Davinson Sanchez, in my opinion, had a good performance, you know, one of his better ones in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Um, but your thoughts on this evening's game? First and foremost, it was a friendly. It's the last friendly. And I think we all need to remember that. Secondly, I think it was the second string side. And I think that all of those getting the minutes that they got tonight, I think was a positive in itself. Um, I think also, yes, we lost, um, you know, yes, we lost the the, the friendly, uh, but we was against a full strength uh, Barcelona side in the first half. 
And the, our second string done pretty well. They played the same way. And that's what I was encouraged about. They wanted to, to make the same passes. They wanted to make the same movements. They wanted to follow the manager and follow the ethos that we're trying to build here. And, um, you know, all in all, it, it, it was good for Skippy to get a couple of goals. But I think the glaring mistakes that we made tonight, I think are another kind of, bit of evidence for the board to keep moving forward, to ch keep changing up your side, to get another defender in, if possible. Do you know what I mean? Um, and those that had an opportunity tonight to maybe save their Spurs career, you know, it was a bit com-see-com-sar. So I think, you know, the jury's out right now on some of these players and they've had an opportunity. Uh, some shone. You know, I thought Perisic done well. At times, you know, for him to get crosses in the front centre. Lo Celso, when he, uh, you know, I thought Lo Celso is looking quite good. I'm quite surprised. I've seen more of Lo Celso this preseason than I think in the games that he played for us. I've seen more about him. I've seen a different energy. I've seen a different mentality from him. And I've seen him enjoying himself. Um, Solomon looks nippy and quickie. Um, uh, you know, so there, there, there were some nice bits and pieces here and there. But, you know the goals conceded and, and some of the, some of the apprehensions I had over the goalkeeper as well is, is, is coming up as well. But it was a second string side that went up against a very good Barcelona side. Yes, they brought on some teenagers um, in the second half, um, but uh, they're, they're a very good side. And this is, a, this is a side in, in transition, in rebuild, you know, we, we, we've thrown away the, the, the game plan that we've had for the last three or four seasons. We're going with a totally new game plan, something that suits us as fans and the manager. And um, it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I prefer you making a mistake in pre-season than you do in, you know, the real games when it when it matters, when there's three points on the line and or, or when there's an actual final to get to. Or, do you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be, when it's an important game, Make your mistakes now, so when it comes down to the important games, you don't make those mistakes again. Do you know what I mean? Fingers crossed. So, all in all, it's a bit tipsy-turvy, but I think it's positive. Ricky, are you happy overall with the pre-season? Not really, if I'm honest. Um, the, the one thing that I've noticed from all the players is that they've all mentioned there's been a lot of travelling, which means, yeah. you know, when you try and decipher that, it basically means they've had not a lot of sleep and there's been a, a you know a lot of playing journeys and as you can attest chris from doing it yourself from a fan's yeah. perspective from a supporter's perspective that is very tiring you know jet lag takes a minute to kind of sort itself out it took you a little while to sort yourself out you know and, and get back into the rhythm of uk times and sleep zones and all of the, all of those things i so haven't see, i still haven't you see <laughs> and you've had to jump on the plane again today do you know what i mean i say got to but it, i know it's a pleasure of yours and i know you 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 love following uh tottenham wherever wherever they are around the world but still yeah. it's a lot it's a it's a lot on the body it's a lot on the mind and it's a lot that you end up putting off in your day-to-day -day life to try and give to tottenham whether you're a player or a fan right now so they've been worked hard we've seen that there's options with the the players that never really get a chance to shine have had an opportunity tonight and you know Angie's got a clearer idea of what type of squad he wants to build who he wants to keep and who he wants to go and I think that's a that's a positive going into the 
you know, to the season and going into the final weeks of the transfer window. Craig, let's get your thoughts on today's game. Yeah, on the whole, I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I would say all the pre-season games I've enjoyed much more than most games under under Conte and, and Jose, to be honest with you. Um, look, it's only a friendly and people say results don't matter. They technically don't, but we obviously prefer a win. But to be honest, between minute 10 and minute 80, about that, I thought we were outstanding. And I thought we dominated at times Barcelona. I thought we didn't start off particularly well, obviously conceding the early goal, which we'll come on to. Um, and the last five, 10 minutes weren't particularly good. But that bulk in the middle... You know, there's going to be bumps. It's not going to be perfect from the start. And we're still going to have games like this in the first part of the season. I've no doubt about that. There were there were holes in that defence, which Ricky touched on. You could almost see where the passes were going to split us open. But I, thought, I didn't think Porro had his best game today. And I'd be very surprised if he started at the weekend, to be honest. But um, a lot of green shoots of recovery I'm seeing. And, it, and as I say, I'm actually being entertained watching Tottenham. Yeah. The, the, the amount of players we've been getting up the pitch, it's just great to see the energy levels and, and the players seem to be adapting to that really, really quickly. It just goes to prove that it's it's in almost every player's nature just to go forward and attack rather than sit back. Um, they seem to have picked this up really quickly. Uh, and yeah, look, it's their job to do that. They're paid to play football. But, you know, they've had four years of playing, sitting back, counter-attacking football. And now it's almost like the shackles are off for all of them. It does worry me a little bit that we're a bit too gung-ho at times, and we will see that. Like I say, we will get caught out a number of times, but with VDV coming in and his pace, I think that's key. And I think Sanchez showed that tonight. What's having somebody quick at the back, you need that in this system. You couldn't play a Dyer and a Davis at the back because we would totally get caught out. But Sanchez, who I've been one of his biggest critics, I thought was really, really good tonight. Apart from the first goal, he was... He was um, it was um, possibly man of the match along with Basuma for, for me. I thought he did, a, you know, he, did, he had a couple of moments, but on the whole, I thought he was fantastic. Um, but I'm sure we'll come on to the players later. But overall, I thought it was a, a good end. I, like you, I think we could have done with another game or two. But it is what it is. And it's Brentford on Sunday. And um, can't wait for the season to start now. Well, four pre-season friendlies, two wins and uh, two defeats, 16 goals scored. And nine conceded. I, th- I think this Premier League campaign coming up is certainly going to be entertaining. Um, Oli, let's get your thoughts on today's game and uh, pre-season overall. Yeah, I think we have to remember, like Craig and Ricky said, it is just a friendly. Um, I don't think uh, results matter in friendlies. I think it's the most important thing is fitness, uh, preparation and performance. I yeah. think you can see that every single player has bought into the way Ange plays. I know I've been a critic of Ange and we'll get to that later. Um, but Every single person is buying into his style of play. You know, all you have to do is watch a training game, a training drill, and it's already 10 times better than anything we saw last season. Um, so it's a pleasure to watch the team. We could have lost 6-1 tonight and I would have been I would have been pretty happy just because we're playing playing really good football. We're confident. We believe in what we're doing. We believe in what Andrew's telling them to do. Um, and you look at the team tonight. I mean, the team we put out is probably a team we'll put up in the Carling Carabao Cup. Um, you know, Dyer, Sanchez, Regulon, they're not going to be starting against Brentford. Um, and you look at Barcelona's team, they've got Lewandowski, they've got De Jong, they've got Gabi, Pedri, uh, to Stegen. These are, these are internationals, these are top, top players. And 
as you guys said, we play them off the park at times. Um, and it's just really good to see that every player is really believing in what Ange does. And we're going toe-to-toe with Barcelona. Oli skips scoring a brace despite only scoring one goal his entire Spurs career. He scored a brace against Barcelona tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really positive. Um, I wasn't 100% in love with the way we defended. I wasn't in love with it at all. Um, I still get nightmares about Sanchez and Dyer at the back. Thank God Mickey came in. Um, hopefully we'll get taps over over the line or Laporte or somebody. Um, yeah, definitely need another defender um, just to compete and balance it out a bit. Um, but yeah, just a friendly. I think towards the end when it was 3-2 and 4-2, I don't know about you, Chris, but it looked like the players were just kind of saving themselves from Brentford a little bit, just trying to wind down a bit. So I'm not I'm not massively worried. Um, but yeah, I think there is, there, is a, there is a fear, like Craig said, that we're going to go a bit too gung-ho. And we're going to be exposed. But, it's you know, it's, it's a process. And I think we have to just go through the season. We're going to get... There's going to be a game where we're going to lose 4-5-1. And it's going to happen. I hope you guys know that. Because we're going to go really, really attacking. Everything's going well. And then we just get battered by someone like Man City. It, um, it's just bound to happen. But we'll learn from it. Um, and we'll come back stronger. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for the season. I think, we, I think we're geared up now. Um, I, I was impressed with Solomon and even Lacelso, who's doing quite well this preseason. I think he's, it's a new chapter for players like him. Um, so yeah, the, the overall feeling is positive. Just a slight correction: I should have said 14 goals scored, not 16. Uh, that was wishful thinking. Um, Ollie, I want to come back to you on the Ange Postecoglou point that you made. Um, you wasn't keen on Postecoglou, but the games that you've seen so far with the entertaining style that he is providing, I think that all of us know, every single Spurs fan knows, the problems we've got is defensively. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you're putting the second string defence, so to speak, in this evening, you're going to have problems against Barcelona. We did play well defensively in parts of the game today, I feel. Um, but we all know that, that problem is there. Does it all go away when Mickey van der Ven and Christian Romero come in at the back? I hope so. Um, but the truth is, you don't know how two defenders are going to be. Are they going to be a Ledley King and a Dawson? Or are they going to be a Kirikes and, I don't know, whoever, Galas and Basong, do you know what I mean? Like, you don't, you are just you don't know. confident? I'm confident in, in Mickey. I think he's a good player. I don't, I don't think he's worth 43 million. I think he's a good player. But you, de- you just never know whether a defender is going to gel with another defender. And Romero can... He can have an amazing day and he can also make himself look like a joke when he's sliding around everywhere getting sent off. Um, so it, it, can't, it can't hurt. I mean, unless Mickey van der Ven has deceived every scout we have, um, it can't hurt to have another body and a fresh face who's willing to, to impress. Um, but it's not, it's not just going to go away because we've got three right backs who probably aren't good enough. Um, we've got a couple of defend, a couple of left backs who we got Perisic, who's more of a winger. You've got Odogi, who's new and isn't familiar with the team. So it's gonna, it's gonna take time. We're gonna concede goals. Hopefully, not as many as last season. I don't think it's possible to concede as many as last season. Um, but it can't be worse. This is a really pessimistic view, but it can't be worse than last season because that was just appalling all over the shop. And and just going back to the point, Ollie, about Ange, are you are you fully behind Ange now and, and the way that he plays? <laughs> You know, Ollie Lewis, you know, Ollie Lewis, he's our um, Australia editor. And he's been, he, he's been saying to me, Ange is going to be your manager. He said that to me in March. He was like, I think Ange would be great for Tottenham. And I was like, Shut I was like, do me a favour. Ange Foster Cook, no, not having it. I've, li- I've literally been saying to him, no, not having it. And when he was appointed, I was like, no, 
but the more he speaks, the more you see of him. It's impossible to not like him, is it? He's just, he's a likable guy. He's like your, that uncle you love. He's like that, your dad's best mate who puts his arm around your shoulder and tells you everything's going to be great. And yeah, like we're playing amazing football. Everyone seems to love him. The only thing I don't know, this is what I keep saying, if we're 2-1 down to Liverpool in the 80th minute, has he got something in his locker? Has he got a backup plan? I don't know. I don't know if he's tactically astute. Um, but what I do know is he gets us playing good football and that should, in theory, take care of the rest. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning. I'm, I'm happier now, but we'll see. I still don't know if, it's, if he's going to be successful, but he will definitely get us the confidence boost we need. So that's good. Ricky, before we start start talking about the starting eleven this evening, I just want to ask you how you're feeling because you're one of the most regular guests on this channel and we have gone through some dark times on this channel, you know, talking about many, many defeats and poor performances. How are you feeling right now about the football, the style of football that Postacoglu has been playing? Because before tonight, we had over 90 shots in those three previous games. It is certainly entertaining. I know, like I've, I've just said, that we know what problems we've got defensively. Hopefully, Mickey van der Ven can make his debut at Brentford on Sunday. Watch this space. And if, uh, you know, we can get one or two uh, extra signings in over the line, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but how are you feeling about it? Or are you feeling a lot more positive? Because we have had some very uh, frustrating times recently. Honestly, Chris, I am. I mean, the word that comes to mind is optimistic. I'm def- my, my positivity re- uh, radar and reader has definitely been topped up, you know, from what I've seen. And, and my optimism it is 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 grown as well. I'm looking at this side now. There's there's a freshness to it. I'm looking at the manager and he's bringing, you know, front footed uh, football. He's brought in, you know, Madison who, the other day against Shakhtar looked absolutely dynamite. I can't wait into to to see him at the lane and to have him in a competitive game when it's all on the line. Um, I'm a lot happier now that we've got Mickey van der Ven, a left-sided centre-back. My gosh, how long have we been after one? Do you know what I mean? And one that actually the manager wants and actually fits his profile and fits his system. Um, you know, we, we saw the, the, the trouble that we had this evening with Dyer and Sanchez at the back. Sanchez has got more pace than Dyer, but we, we saw what it was uh, or, or what it would have looked like if we didn't actually invest this year in defenders, you know, um, we, we would have got overrun very, very easily. You know, the, the the pace in the Premiership right now is at an all-time high. There's so many pacey wingers and tricky strikers and number 10s and stuff like that. And so it, it would have been, you know, um, it, it, it might have looked like a nightmare, you know, if we didn't invest. So now that we've got that centre-back in, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic. That's the one I needed. You know, I was happy about Madison, but I was still sitting there going, where's my centre-back? Where's my centre-back? Where's my centre-back, you know? Um, So, yeah. Yes, there are going to be some rocky times, like uh, Ollie said. And what's really kind of encouraging, even about the rocky times, is that Ange actually knows that that's coming too. He's he's pre-warned us all. He's let us know. You know, his previous size, his previous results, the first six results are always a bit iffy because they're still learning the system. Every side he takes over is a record. So we can we can judge on that history that probably something similar is going to happen to us. You know, it's going to be up and downy, but we're going to see these green shoots. And what's really important for us is to believe in Ange, believe in this system and believe this way of football will 
will pay off. Do you know what I mean? It 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 will kind of the 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 best of the Tottenham. We will see it this season. You know, once it clicks into gear, and we're only seeing a taste of it right now. When it comes to Tottenham, and especially last season and the seasons pre- previous, it's got me so angry. It's beat my optimism. It's beat my positivity. It's brought out my cynicism. It's brought out my kind of my questioning of the club and the decisions. And it started to get me angry and it started to upset me towards the end of the season. But I had to realise as well is that football is a game of emotions. And I know we speak about taking emotions out of the game and being a bit ruthless here and there, but it is. It's, it's an emotional game. It allows people like us to lose our absolute call and be angry and be frustrated and let it out and be absolutely joyous and hug a stranger that you haven't, you know, you you ain't got a clue about who's sitting next to you in the stand or something like that. Or if you're at home or if you're in a pub, it brings you together as well. You know, you you get to meet new people. It is, there's an emotion attached to it. And the reasons we get so upset and angry and and disheartened majority of the time is because we know where we should be. We know we be, we, we know what we should be doing. We know where how far ahead we should be, and it hurts our heart. And you know, I wanted to go back to just being a supporter this year. I didn't want to really put my money on any particular sign-in, any particular name coming in. I'll tell you my opinion on which one I'd like, but I'm not putting my money on them because I just want to support my team through thick and thin. I grew up during the late 90s, early 2000s, when the, you know, Tottenham fans, myself and I was chatting to Darren Hart today, we used to get it. We used to get it at school. Do you know what I mean? But I had to, you know, represent my team, win, lose or draw, wear your colours, win, lose or draw, come on you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? So I wanted to almost, I reminded myself of that. I don't want to go back to that. But seeing the boys, seeing the business, seeing Ange and seeing these green shoots has made me optimistic. It's made me want to support them through thick and thin this year. So I'm, 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 I'm ready for it. We're going to have to be learning on the job because we haven't had the best preseason. But let's have it. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Craig, is it pretty harsh of a number <laughs> of Spurs fans to write on social media this evening that it's the same old story um, you know, we've lost again, um, you know, not really giving Anne's time and seeing the bigger picture. I think so. Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, we've had pre-seasons where we've won every pre-season game and we've been crap. We've had pre-seasons where probably where we've lost more games than we've won or drawn games, you know, and it's been the same old story. So, you can't read too much into pre-season. If we were getting spanked 10-0 every game, then yes, obviously you can read something into that. But this is all about getting minutes in legs. It's like I said last week, it's getting minutes in the players' legs. They're learning new systems, where to be on the pitch at certain times. These things are going to happen. We've got a new goalkeeper who, I'll be honest, I'm still not convinced myself about him. I still think he looks a bit flappy, but he's... He's literally come into a new team, new, you know, into the Premiership. He's, he's, he's learning. He's not had a, had a settled back four in front of him yet. So that's going to take time to gel. It's not like we, when we had Hugo, Jan and Toby at their peak, or three of them, that little triangle, you learn to trust each other. What he's had to do, shot stopping, he's been okay. 
he did save a few tonight that probably didn't need saving, but he doesn't he doesn't want to make any mistakes. He doesn't want to let any stupid ones in. He seems to be quite agile. So, you know, it's a learning curve for him. You, you've got to give him time. But coming back to your question, you can't write write us off now. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous to say that. You know, after ten games of the premiership, and it's, if if things aren't going well, absolutely. But you can't yet. We haven't started yet. How can you write something off that hasn't started? You know, you've got to give it time. You've got to believe. And whereas I didn't really know much about Ange at all, like we've, well, like we've said on many of these, you go away, do your research, and now we've seen it firsthand. I'm excited. This guy, as as like Ricky said, he, he is like an uncle that puts his arm around you and says, come on, let's go and have a pint. You know, he, he is that sort of guy. He's the sort of guy you feel like as a fan, certainly I do, you could go for a drink down a pub with him and you'd feel relaxed in his company. You know, he just seems like like the players would warm to him as well. It, it, it appears the players are really enjoying working under him. And I think he's been a breath of fresh air. He's had a hell of a lot to deal with since he came in on the 1st of July. Christ, I mean, our star player. We still don't know quite what's happening with, with him. We'll you know? talk about him later. So, let's leave him till the end, absolutely. But what I'm getting at is he's had so much to deal with. And we were a mess when Conte left us, and he's and he's picked us back up. Look, I, I'm I'm in the Ricky Norwood camp. I, I'm I'm positive. I'm looking forward to the season. I think he is the man that can take us forward. I'm not going to say anything about trophies or anything like that, but I think we're going to see some great games under Ange, and I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Ollie, let's come to you. I want to talk about um, the goalkeeper, uh, Vicario, because he has taken a lot of stick this evening. Um, does it add to it that the fact that Arsenal are just about to sign David Raya? And, of course, David Raya is a goalkeeper that a number of us wanted, including myself. Premier League experience, can play out from the back. You know exactly what you're going to get. Vicario, I think he's a great shot stopper. I've seen him in every single um, open training session and, of course, the games that he's played so far. Um, I haven't quite made my mind up about him yet. I think that, you know, playing Premier League football is completely different to, you know, training sessions and, and some of the friendlies that we've played. But um, what have you made of Vicario so far? And what, what do you think of the signing? Because a lot of people have, have come out this evening saying that he's not good enough. You know, we, Spurs have gone with a cheap option. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I've been poisoned, really, because somebody sent me a video of every single goal that Vicario conceded last season. And it did not fill me with delight. Um, it, it, it almost looked like he had a hole in his gloves. Every single goal, it just went, it went through. Um, but then again, he had not a very good defence. Um, tonight, he had, didn't have a very good defence. Um, I think, you know, you, you've seen him, Chris. You've seen him in training sessions. You know he's a good shot stopper. We wouldn't have spent... I mean, 17 million is a lot for a goalkeeper. Um, and we wouldn't have just binned off um, one of our longest-serving players and captain... Um, very, very experienced goalkeeper for this guy if he was no good. Um, so I think I'd like to think that we've done our homework on him. Um, yeah, he hasn't looked outstanding. Um, but I don't think you can judge a goalkeeper in pre-season because his defence is getting rotated left, right and centre. Judge him when he's got Mickey van der Ven and Romero or whoever else we sign in front of him with a Dogi and whoever it is, Porro or, or, or Real on the right. Judge him then. Um, judge him when he's at the biggest pressure point in the season um, because that's when we need him to come up big. Um, he hasn't got a lot of experience. Um, it is a surprise. We'll wait for him. I'm with you, Chris. I wanted David Raya. 
And the fact that Arsenal are about to sign him as their number two goalkeeper really does hurt. Um, I don't really know why Raya would want to do that because he's very good. Um, he's going to cost about 40, mi- 40 million to be your number two. I think they want to sign him for less, actually. I think we reported that they wanted him for 20 or 30. But it's still a lot of money for a number two. Um, and he was he would have been our number one easily, hands down. Um, so it, it's it's frustrating, but you have to you have to trust that Ange and the top dogs have done their homework on him because yeah, if we get to halfway through the season and he's letting in everything, we're gonna have no one else. We're gonna have Austin. Um is Forster still with us? He is, isn't he? Yeah. No. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. So we're gonna have we're gonna have to turn to Forster again if it all if it all goes tits up. So um it's a risk because he hasn't got the Premier League experience. And I, there, there, there is a few goalkeepers I would have gone before him, but I'd never heard of him before and I'm not a Premier League scout. Um, so we have to just sort of go with it. But yeah, the, the overall feeling is um, jury's out, I think. I must admit, I was very surprised that Hugo Lloris didn't make some sort of cameo appearance on Sunday and uh, for Spurs yeah. to give him like a, a special send-off and a goodbye because it doesn't one, like it? go out the door. It's, 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 a, it's a weird one. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, the starting eleven this evening: Vicario, Poro, Eric Dyer as captain, which was a little surprising to me. Sanchez, Regulon, uh, Skip, Basuma, Lacelso, Solomon, uh, Rashalison, and Perisic. The ten subs this evening: Austin, Gunter, Royale, Spence, Phillips, Davis, Saar, Devine, Son, and Scarlett. I just want to ask you before I ask you about the uh, the, the lineup itself: Wouldn't it have been better to put the lineup that played on Sunday? to play this game and this evening's lineup to play Sunday's game to give to give that real preparation because the reason why I said at the start about um, I would like a game or two I just don't feel that we've had enough preparation no I, 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 no I agree I mean you know we've seen a couple of 45 minutes 45 minute halves <coughs> from teams and, you know, our first team or trying to build your first team hasn't had a 90-minute game yet. So it is tough. Would I have swapped them? I think I think Ange wanted to go out with as close to a first team being his first home game and first friendly, first introduction to the Tottenham fans. I think he wanted to go with the strongest team in that. And I don't think to Ange that the opposition was that important. I think it's the movement. I think it's the pads of play. I think it's the belief in the system. I think it, it's the getting to know your teammates. It's the getting to know them runs. It's the start to, to do what the boss is asking without thinking about it or without being told, which we've heard Ange say a couple of times. Um, so I think that's why he done it that way round. I'm with you in that I probably would have swapped it around because obviously... Barcelona, whether it's their A team or B team, are a tougher test, you know, and um, we would have got a better read on Tottenham and and Angie's first team um, against Barcelona. But we're at the business end right now. So I think, you know, we got a good 70 minutes into most of the first team on Sunday. Now they're majority of them are uh, are back at base and they're resting up, recovering or training or doing whatever they need to do uh, for the week ahead. You know, the business starts on Sunday and that's the most important game now, you know. Um, I think 
again, like I said a bit earlier, that it was a great audition. You know, like Craig was saying a bit earlier, that might have been a Carabao Cup team or like, a you know, a, a lower division FA Cup game team that you put out. But tonight was the audition to see if, okay, can you, if I put you in, can you do the job? And some of them can and some of them cannot. Do you know what I mean? Um just to, just to jump on the back of what uh, Ollie was saying about Vicario as well, it's really tough for him because he's coming in straight away to be the number one. There ain't no bedded in, uh, you know. There ain't no bedding in. There ain't no. All right, if you if you have a bad game, we'll we'll drop you for a little bit. Or I mean, obviously you could do that with Forster, but basically what he's come in and gone, you're number one. You're going to be starting every week. We're going to build the team around you. You're going to learn on the job. You know, you, you, you're, you're going to get your time in the league games and you're going to work it out. You know, he hasn't had any time with his first team defenders. Um, my apprehension with him is that it's it's the parry. So we talk about shot stopping, but to me, it's more like shot parrying because it's yeah. either, you know, out for a corner or it's back into the box where it's danger zone. Yeah. I mean, in that first half, I think it was the first half, he almost got chipped. You know, yeah. and it and yes, he stopped it. Yes, it didn't go in, but like you can see, there's a couple of problems here, and that was that was my my apprehension with him. Yes, we've seen him pull off triple saves and stuff like that, but every time he parries, he parries back into the box, back into the to the danger area where you can get the secondary and third shot in on him, and I think that's something that definitely has to he has to work on. But he's going to do that. We're not going to see who Vicario is until at least eight to ten games. You know, we're not going to see him because every mistake he makes, because he's a new goalkeeper, is pressure on his back. I think what I would say to all the fans right now is that whatever you're, and to myself as well, because I'm the same, I had apprehensions. I wanted David Rea. We all knew that, you know, if we paid for him, we knew what we was getting for our money. And we knew that all of us could settle a little bit, especially coming off of Hugo Lloris who's been there for 11 years, you know, yes, he's had a couple of drop-off performances in the last season or two, but majority of the time, he's Hugo, you know, Captain Fantastic, do you know what I mean? The one that pulls us out, yes, he might make a mistake, but he'll save us more times than he, than he costs us majority of the time. So we're coming away from that security and we're putting it onto Vicario. And I would say to everyone, just to calm down, back him, cheer him, cheer him on, instead of like getting on his back, like, come on, <laughs> come on, Vicario, come on, bruv. Like, okay, you'll get the next one because the pressure's on him anyway. And mentally, him being a new keeper in the Premier League for the money that he's come for, that's big money for him, you know, personally. I, it, it, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders right now. So it was a second team. He needed those 90 minutes more than, you know, T tonight and on Sunday he needed that amount of time more so than the performance right now. We saw a couple of nice saves off of him but we definitely saw some problems there as well but we're not really going to see the best Vicario or, or, or a comfortable, calm down, assured Vicario until at least I'm guessing at 8 to 10 games. Ricky, would you have preferred um, David Raya? All day long. All day. Okay. It's, it's easy. It's easy. And you know what? If he goes for the money that was reported that we would put, we put in for him in the first place, like 20 to 25 mil, 
if he goes for that, I mean, I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't know why they don't go in for him. That put in a cheeky bid for him. I'd take him and have Vicaro as the number two. Do you know what I mean? And let him battle it out. Even I'd, I'd take mm. him, but yeah, I mean, if he goes for twenty to twenty, twenty-five, twenty-seven to the Gooners as their number two, that's it's gonna yeah. sting. But it is what it is. What can we do? We've got to trust these scouts. And I remember speaking on this show about Amrabat. You know, when Amrabat yeah. came up, none of us, including myself, none of us wanted him. None of yep. us wanted anything to do with him. We actually ridiculed him. We're like, who? What? What? Cheap option. Cheap option. The same, the same quotes that we're, we've all said. But then he goes off to the World Cup as a worldie. Now he's triple the price, maybe four times the price. And he's probably going to go to a, a club in the Champions League right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we, yeah. we have to trust this new system, the new data-driven system, the new scouts, the new kind of uh, the box that needed needs to be ticked for the manager that we've got. So that's why I'm trying to stay calm with Vicario right now. Craig, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on the starting eleven: Vicario, Poro, Dyer, Sanchez, Regulon, Skip, Basuma, Lacelso. Solomon, Richarlison and Perisic. Of course, we all learned early this morning that the likes of Harry Kane and the, a lot of the players that featured heavily on Sunday didn't travel. Um, was it the right decision? What do you think of line-up? Um, I, I, I actually think they did do it the right way around. I think the first home game for Ange needed to be a, more or less their first team. I think they got that right. And <clears throat> to be honest, that was Sunday, our first game Sunday. And it does give those players... Um, uh, it takes the pressure off them playing two games in a week, so to speak, or a, rather a game nearer the start of the Premiership season. So I, I personally think they did do that the right, right way around. And to be really honest, it probably doesn't matter that much. Um, but I can see why he took players like Son out there because Sonny hasn't had as many minutes as he probably would have liked. Um, I'm surprised it didn't come on, actually, but he probably yeah. didn't feel like he needed to. Um, or perhaps it's going to give him 10, 15 minutes and then you know, for whatever he decided to give um, to Spencer run. Um, it's probably the team that I expected with the squad that he, he took out there, to be honest. Um, <coughs> Perisic surprised me again. I thought he was really good. His delivery is obviously is one of the strongest parts of his game. Yeah. And um, there's part of me thinking, do we keep hold of somebody like Perisic just as an impact sort of player? Because his deliveries are great from the wing and he's still super fit, obviously. But for me, that and I love Regulon. I think I think he's he seems like a really nice lad, but I just don't think he's going to cut it. I just don't think he's going to be good enough. Um, and I, 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 you know, I was gutted actually when when he when he left, but you could see the signs there. He just wasn't quite perhaps built for the Premiership. Um, I, I he didn't have the best game. To be honest, I don't think Poro had the best game. And it comes back to what Ollie was saying that across that defence. It was our second string defence, and you can kind of see why it's a second string defence, even though Sanchez, I thought, had probably one of his best games for us tonight that I've seen. Um, uh, the middle of the part, I thought Skip was really good. Bissouma was great again. Um, um, Richarlison is okay. Um, uh, Solomon, it was pretty good. Um, and then obviously, recovered Perisic. So, all in all, it was a team that I expected or more or less expected him to play. But um, I, who I thought basically equipped themselves pretty well against Barcelona's pretty much first eleven, And yeah. um, 
like we said, dominated for long periods in the game. And it was just great to see him biting at the ankles of these players. And, and you know, I must admit, probably like everybody else, when we conceded in the first five minutes, I thought, oh, here we go again. And Rafinha obviously should have scored a second, but he didn't. Um, and we we grew back into the game. That's what was great. They stuck, and this is what Ange has always said. You know, he doesn't mind players trying things that he's told them to try, like playing out from the back. I thought we looked quite confident playing out from the back, and that is what Ange would love. They stuck to the system and stuck with it. There was a, an occasion when I saw us dropping deeper and deeper, and I thought, oh, we're reverting to type here. But he was obviously telling them up the pitch, forward, 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 and it was great to see. So. All in all, not the result we wanted, but pretty good night's performance, really. I, I tell you what, Craig, I think that was my moment of the game. Um, Vicario, Dyer, and Sanchez were playing the ball, knocking it about to one another, playing it out from the back. And I actually laughed out loud at that stage and thought, what on earth am I witnessing? This is why I've come to Barcelona <laughs> to see things like that. Underhand. <laughs> Unbelievable. I didn't ever think I'd see that. Um, Ollie, let's come to you. Um, Craig mentioned a couple of the players there, Lo Celso, Perisic and Saar. Um, those three players, really, you would have expected to go out the door this window. Saar on loan and Perisic, it's been widely reported that he may leave this summer. Um, and Giovanni Lo Celso, I must say, me personally, I didn't ever think that we would see him in a Spurs shirt again. Probably been our best player, our standout performer during this preseason. Well, you have to remember, Chris, that we signed Lo Celso during a time where we played negative football and he's never had a manager who plays positive football. Um, so now is the perfect time for him to have a crack at getting in the team under a manager who plays attacking football. He can play in the cam role. He can run off players. He can he can have the freedom to play. Um, Perisic, I mean, Perisic was talked about someone who would leave. I love Perisic. I think he's, he's he got eight, nine assists last season, maybe more, I don't know. Um, he's a massive creative outlet for us and a huge um, a huge set piece taker and an experienced head someone who's played Champions League Champions League finals World Cup finals the guy has has done it all he's seen it all and we need more players like Perisic so I'm happy he stayed and he got an assist tonight um, so I'm happy he stayed yeah this also was a surprise I really did think his days were numbered but this is the thing like when a new manager comes in like Ange it's a fresh start for everybody I was kind of hoping Tangai would have a fresh start, but I've done a few stories now saying that Galatasaray are looking to sign him. Um, so I don't know about him. Um, but yeah, who was the who was the third person, the third player you said? Saar. I think he's Saar. been a, a, I think a, really, a really good yeah. player during, during the training sessions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Saar's great. And I, and I would have been gutted if he went out on loan because he's a young player who has the opportunity now to build and to impress Ange and you know, fight for his plays. That's, you know, the centre mid is going to be tough to break through. You're thinking it's going to be, um, it's going to be Basuma and Ben Sankor when he comes back. Um, when he's back fully fit, that'll probably be our, our centre mid partnership and then Madison in front. Um, but there's there's an opportunity for him there. Um, he, he clearly is impressing Ange. He's clearly in his thoughts. So, yeah, I'm happy those guys have stayed. Um, but, yeah. It was good that we got a few, you know, like, you know, winks. It was time up for winks. It's, I think it's, it was a good move for him. Um, and Skip, I don't think there's much of a future. Even though he scored twice tonight, I don't I don't think there's much of a future for Skip either. Um, but no, I, I just think it's been really rejuvenating for the whole squad that they've had a new lease of life and everyone's so motivated to do well for Ange. And 
it's just given everybody this edge. And um, yeah, it's nice to see players not actually giving up for once. We will talk about the transfer window right at the end of the show. Um, Ricky, I just want to ask you your opinion about Tongi on Dombella. I know it's a subject we've spoke about a lot in the last couple of years. Um, he hasn't featured at all in the four games during pre-season for Tottenham. And I know a lot of people thought that Tongi on Dombele was injured during um, the Asia Tour. He wasn't. Um, he, he trained uh, with a, a small group of players, including the likes of Joe Roden. Um, and they, they were kept apart. They, they played in the main... Uh, games in the in the friendly sessions but um certain drills they were they were training separately are you surprised that Tongi on Dombele has not been given a chance I think it all comes down to that first pre-season Chris I think um so I, I mean maybe you can confirm this bit here or not um but that first pre-season he was supposed to start and then he got that knock in the training session the day before and I think that kind of ruled him out and then the Celso's come in and just looked dynamite. It looked like he was up for it. Looked like he's ready for it. He's got the work rate, the mentality. He's showing the boss that he wants to be there. And I think that one opportunity there has almost messed up Tange if he wanted to stay. I think, and possibly, possibly, the fears that we had about about Ndombele in training, the work rate, the attitude, the mentality, those fears that we have about him, that we've had about him for a, for, for a while. And we was hoping that a new boss and an attacking system, maybe that would rejuvenate him. Maybe that would re-energise him and, and make him want to kind of, you know, put those performances on the field for Tottenham and kind of repay us a little bit for the big fee that we paid out for him. Um, but maybe Ange is seeing something in that and seeing the fears that we've all had about him in training and gone, it's, 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 it's not going to work. I mean, when, t- when Andombele first came in under Poch and in the training, um, when we was having double sessions and stuff like that, I heard a rumour and maybe Ollie can confirm or deny it, but I'm sure you boys remember it as well. But I heard a rumour within, the, I think it was like the first week or so under Poch, he was like, this training's too much. I think I want to leave. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think I can do this. I, I, this might not be for me. And that was within, like, the first week or so. So intense training, you know, hard work. There's something about about Ndombele that it just doesn't work for him. And when Ange says in press conferences, you know, this, maybe this system, maybe this team, maybe this re- rebuild ain't for certain players, maybe he's alluding to Tanga Ndombele. And I think after that knock, like the preseason, that one preseason game that he didn't, he didn't get. That he, we assumed that he was going to be in that starting line, lineup. I think he's missed his opportunity there. And then after that, we've had bids, we've had interest. So he's not been nowhere near a squad since, if my memory serves me right. So, you know, it's 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 all about the shirt, bro. It's all about the shirt. Maybe he, you know, maybe he just didn't fit in the Tottenham shirt and LaSalle. So suddenly he's put it on and he's like, oh, I like my shoulders in this shirt and he's ready to go. But that's 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 the way football goes, man. It's, sometimes it's a flip of a coin. Sometimes it is about the fit. We know about the managers. The managers that we've had in the past have been great names. They've been great brands, but they didn't fit. Now, Ange Postacoglu, like Oli was saying there, you know, I, I was one of those as well. When I heard, when I heard Ange, I was like, are you mad? Like, well, because... It, it wasn't the big designer it wasn't the big designer suit but you know he gets through the door you you put it on you have a look in the mirror and you're like actually this fits this looks good 
and this can run. I can go out in this. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's all about fits, bro. And unfortunately for Ndombele, who is a player I really wanted, I was really excited about. Thought he would dominate our midfield. Thought he would run the league ragged um, in the Premier League. I thought he would yeah. run it ragged and be a super exciting, proper Tottenham player. You know, it just didn't happen, which is unfortunate. Good luck to you if you are on your way. Good luck to you. If you have if, if Ange hasn't certified you, then that's it. We're on a different path now. There's a freshness about this squad. There's a new hunger about this squad. There's a bit of fire about this squad. There's more smiles in this squad right now. You know? And if you're not part of that or if you don't fit within that or if you don't catch the joke, then maybe it's time, you know, you you you, you go on a new adventure. I think even with the body language, Rick, I think that you've got to prove that you want to be there and show that you want to be there. And I don't think that that is there. And I think that, you know, knowing uh, the type of character Ange Postacoglu is, I don't think he's going to stand for that um, in any shape or form. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Let's talk about the match incidents. Um, After the third minute, of course, Barcelona went 1-0 up. I think a lot of people at that stage were thinking, oh, my God, Lewandowski against Dyer and Sanchez. Um, and by the way, were you surprised that Dyer was given the captain's armband? I know it's only a friendly, but it's fair to say a lot of Spurs fans had hoped that Eric Dyer would move on in this transfer window. Are you surprised that Eric Dyer was given the captain's armband? And, and, and feel free to talk us through that first goal. Um, firstly, on Dyer, I, th- I, I probably wasn't surprised he, he, he got the armband because he's probably next in line after Harry Kane and while he's here, I think uh, Buster Coglu didn't want to change that. I mean, as much as people would disagree with it, and obviously I'm sure a lot of people disagree with that, um, I'm not sure else you would have given it to tonight. Um, perhaps anybody, some people would say, but um, I don't think you can probably read too much into it other than you know um, seniority, I suppose, the link for service at the club, perhaps, something like that. Um, as for the is, goal, is, yeah. Is that the problem? Is that the problem that Dyer is a senior player? Uh, from everything here I've heard about Eric Dyer, he's a great character to have in the changing room and, a, and he's a leader, even though we probably don't see he is quite a leader. And he's a voice that's listened to. He speaks multiple languages and he helps players that perhaps don't speak English that well, especially the Portuguese, one and uh, one's from Brazil. And apparently he's... A, all t- I'm not I'm not defending Eric Dyer at all here, but I think all teams need those sort of players in in the squads to to help around the team, even though they're not first choice. I'm not for one second saying Eric Dyer should be first choice or anything. I'm just saying that's what it could be. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has been a problem. This sentimentality that I think we've all had, especially with the Delis and the Ericsons and. You know, some of them, you know, I was gutted when Delhi left, but it was probably the right thing for him to do. Uh, I've, I'll still maintain to this day, we, you know, Ericsson leaving, I, I knew that was a massive, going to be a massive loss for us. People think he downed tools before he left. He did to a certain extent, but Mourinho always brought him on to help us out. And I remember him coming on and swinging in a corner and it missed the first man for once and we scored from it. And I think that was up at Wolves, from what I remember. But... You know, there is sentimentality around this club and I think Ange will change that gradually but you can't make too many changes too quickly and I think just having Eric Dyer as captain tonight 
Yeah, it might have pissed off a few people, but I, I wouldn't read too much into it. As for the goal, <laughs> I am. I was one of those that thought, oh my God, here we go again. First team we've come up against with anything about them. We're going to get absolutely tanked here. And as I said, the Rafinha chance a bit later that he should have scored. Yeah. You know, if that had gone in, it perhaps have been looking at a different scoreline. But again, it comes down to defensive frailties. I, I, I genuinely think Porro was out of position. Um, I don't think Dyer was in position. Uh, Sanchez wasn't in position. Um, just a bit of a calamity all round, really. Um, I don't know what it was. It was a bit strange to see. It was almost like um, fighting for seniority over the possession because obviously we know Barcelona are going to be possession-based and we wanted to be possession-based. You can't have them both playing like that. You can't have two teams playing like that. I don't know what the possession stats were, Chris. Do you know what the possession stats were in the game? Um, Perhaps somebody could put it in the comments, but I didn't see that. But it was that was it. 45% 45% possession and Barcelona had 55. Oh, right. Okay. Well, can, can, can you, can you yeah. tell us the shots and shots on target as well, if you, if you don't mind? Um, Barcelona, eight shots. Spurs, six shots on target. Um, we They had 443 passes. We had 347 passes. Um, shots in total, 14 each. And they had eight on target. We had six. Yeah. Okay. okay. Same pass, actually. It's interesting because obviously last couple of games we've had over 30 um, shots, haven't we? So that, yeah. that's half. But, but you did kind of expect that against Barcelona. You're not going to, you know, you'd be lucky to get 30 shots against Barcelona. But um, yeah, wasn't the ideal start that, was it? But um, as I say, it was just great the way we came back into the game and just stuck with what Ange wanted us to do. And I think, you know, the game's 90 minutes. If it had been 80, we'd have won it. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. It's just minutes in the legs. Gents, do you know what, though? Just hearing those stats and hearing what you're saying there, Craig, I think we're forgetting this was our second team and then a yeah. string of youngsters that have come exactly. up and are trying to develop. Yeah. So if we've got 14 shots in total, right? Yeah. That's half of what the first team at the minute on average have got, which makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it actually makes sense. The, the, what, what I was impressed with is that they never stopped trying to do what they've been asked to do in training and believe in exactly. the system. And they didn't really look afraid in the first half. Even when they went a goal down, they didn't look afraid. They yeah. were like, all right, cool. Let's get back on it. And and they, they carried on part, you know, popping those passes around and making those dynamic runs and trying to get up the field at speed. You know? So, so even though... We've lost, and and the stats don't look that great. This is our in the first half. It was our second team, you know, for about sixty minutes or whatever it was before the changes started, and then we brought on our young ones, the Vine, Scarlet. You know, we brought on Spence that hasn't had no time. I know Chris, we're going to jump onto it, but he hasn't had no time at all. Um, you know, so we we saw loads of different things, but the stats are, are not a true reflection. If our first team was going up against that first team of Barcelona, that would have been interesting. That well, would have been really interesting. Whatever team it is, Rick, the, the four friendlies that we've played, over 100 shots in those four games, I doubt that anyone could go back and look at stats under Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte. Regardless of opposition, I doubt that there is four consecutive games where we've had 100 shots in four yeah. matches. No way. And, and, and another thing that's interesting is that we haven't, the whole time, with the defenders that we have, 
yeah. not M- Mickey Va- Van der Ven. We've conceded in every single game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the 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 problem we've known the problems, and with with the, the getting in Mickey Mickey right now, and whoever else we do actually end up going for. They're looking to address the problems that we've all highlighted and we all know as Spurs through and through fans and supporters. Do you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that within these in these next weeks that they can just up the game, up the game, up the game. Some of those players that were on the field tonight failed their audition. You know, like like you were talking there about you know, Reggie, you know, he got done by a sixteen year old tonight a couple of times in that second mm. half and even made him pull up with an injury. He stopped running. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, no, I've got an injury." You know, uh, that was by a sixteen-year-old. He was, was unbelievable. Sorry, that sixteen-year-old was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. He <laughs> was absolutely unbelievable. But he's going to come up against a lot more if he sticks around and he's relied upon. He's going to come up a lot more in in the Premier League. You know what I mean? We don't have to go through all the wingers that are in the Premier League and all the fast guys and all the tricky dribblers. We don't have to go through it, but there's a there's a ton of them. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think a couple of these players failed their audition tonight. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ollie, let's come to you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Pedro Poro and his performance this evening. And in your opinion, who is the best back four going into the new season? Does Ange Postacoglu know who the best back four is? Um, I have a feeling it's going to be Royale because I've seen him start a couple of the friendlies in the, in, the, in the games where you want a team to... I mean, that team against Shakhtar was... It looked like it was. Did I, I'm right in saying Royale started that game, right? I'm not making yeah. sure that I can mark yet. Um, so that, that, to me, was the first team, um, or near enough, and Royale was the was the starting right back. And I don't think Royale's great. I mean, I know there's a large contingent of the fan base who hate Royale. There's like a Facebook group that says, we hate Emerson Royale, get him out. Um, but... but He's grown and grown. Um, there was a time where he couldn't string a pass together. He couldn't defend. He was getting sent off. Um, but he's decent for me. Like I'd, I'd start him. I mean, really, I, I just want Jed Spence to get his chance. But clearly, he's not doing it for a lot of managers. So we have to kind of trust that. And maybe he's just not ready yet. Maybe he needs a, he needs another loan um, or something. But yeah, I, I would say I would say Emerson Royale um, is our best right back. Um, but you know, it's crazy that after we spent 40 million on Pedro Porro. And here's my hot take. I don't think Pedro Porro is a right back. I think he's a right I think he's a right winger. He he can't defend. But yeah. there's no point in saying he can't defend. He's not a defender. And he didn't play he didn't really play um defense for sporting wing sporting Lisbon. He was a he was a wing back who pushed forward and played on the wing sometimes. 
Um, so it's crazy to just put him as a fullback. He's not, he's not a fullback. And if you put him as a fullback, we're going to concede a hell of a lot of goals. Um, so I think there's a feature for him, but further forward, up in attack with Kane and, you know, let him challenge Kulosevsky for the right wing role. Um, but yeah, I would, st- I would start Royale. Um, I think that would be, I think that'd be the smartest, the smartest move. But yeah, we, we've got to rethink with Poro because we're not playing to his strengths at the moment. Ollie, also in the 15th minute, Richarlison had a shot deflected wide. Of course, he scored a hat-trick in Singapore against Lion City Sailors. Um, what have you made of Richarlison so far this pre-season? And of course, only one Premier League goal last season. Do you think that he's going to come good this coming season under Postacoglu? Oh, I hope so. I mean, to be honest, Chris, I could score a hat-trick against Lion City Sailors. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we, we spent £60 million on a guy who scored once last season, twi- you know, a couple of goals in the Champions League. But... It's not. It, it's not really good enough. Um, it is preseason. I think we have to be patient with him. Um, he's had. He's clearly a player who likes an arm around the shoulder, and I think he got the he got the tough love under under Conte. But you know, a player doesn't. He, he was very good for Everton. He, he was the main goal scorer. I, th- I think it largely depends on if Kane leaves. I think if Kane leaves and Richarlison is the guy leading the line, he can really thrive. I don't think he's the, he's a second fiddle kind of striker. I mean, we've seen him go to the World Cup with Brazil where he was the main man and he was doing up unbelievable bicycle kicks. And he's had so many chances last season. He just spurned so many of them. Um, but if Kane stays, yeah, I think I think he probably struggles. But you see how many chances we create with Ange. You're going to put them in. Any of us playing up front would put one in. You'll have a ball put to your feet with two yards from goal. You'll, you'll score. Yeah, there will be plenty of chances. He just has to take them. And I think his confidence has taken a serious hit. We have to remember that. Um, but every player looks reinvigorated under Ange. So there's no reason why Richarlison can't be can't be one of them. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's just largely dependent on Kane. I think if Kane's days, he's not going to get the opportunities because he's going to play with one striker up front unless he plays on the wing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, 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 it's really for Richarlison to be the main man. I think that's where he thrives when he's when he's the star guy. Can I just say, um, Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted that Joe Roden is on the verge of joining Leeds United on loan from Spurs. Oh, that's good. That's good uh, yeah, on loan. The, the on deal loan. could be completed this week on loan. That's bizarre. Hit the strange one again, um, Ricky. Let's come to you. Um, in the 19th minute, Lewandowski had a shot from range saved by Vicario. A couple of minutes later, the Celso nearly scored from a corner. Um, three minutes later, of course, Oliver Skip equalised for Spurs. Um, it hit the post. Giovanni Lo Celso hit the post. Um, well controlled, though, uh, by Skip putting it in the net. Um, but a wonderful ball before that from Perisic. Um, what did you make of the goal? No, I, I thought it was. I think it was made in Croatia. That goal. Do you know what I mean? It was Perisic all day long. The, the, the fact that he found that space and whipped in a beautiful cross. You know, um, I'm really encouraged that Lo Celso is in the right place. It was unlucky for him to hit the post. And, you know, it was great for Skippy to, to follow it up. That's what the, those type of goals are coming. And, and that's what's really kind of interesting. If we keep Perisic as a sub, we know that Ange enjoys options with these wingers, right? So, you know, with Perisic, you've got an experienced guy who can guarantee you a cross right now in that you know, the left wing position, you know, and if we need that, that's great that we've got that. We've got a small um, 
kind of nippy speed star trick star in Solomon, you know, uh, you, you've got different styles of, of players that come off the bench and give us different options and give us different threats for the opposition right now. And I think that, you know, Perisic, he set up that goal and, you, you know, I know you'll go on to the next goal as well, but I, I, I love the, the cross from Perisic and I love the kind of the vision from him. Do, do you keep Perisic? Rick, because as I said earlier, there's been lots of reports stating that Perisic could go out the door this summer. For you, do you keep him? And where do you play him if you do keep him? Where's his best position? I, I, I think it, if we were to keep him, um, then he's a sub for me and, and he's an option. He's an option. You know, he's an option off the bench to get a cross in, to get a free kick in or to get a set play in or to get you up the field. I think he's an experienced guy. I think it, it you know, towards the end of last season, I didn't, I didn't want Perisic around anymore. I felt I felt it was a failed um, experiment. But we was playing wing backs at that point. He was playing a wing back at that point, and him running backwards, as we've kind of seen in preseason, has really hurt him. Him trying to defend yeah. and him bombing. You know, bomb, he's a fit guy, but bombing back and forth, back and forth, didn't really do him any favors. But seeing him in an advanced position, you see where that experience and that international experience, that Champions League experience, that that kind of, you know, that uh, trophy-winning experience that he has up on the left wing, you know. So, he, he he's a sub. Uh, he's an experienced sub. He's somebody that can come on and definitely do a job. And he's also kind of a mentor-stroke teacher. You know, that's what we thought we was getting when he came in. He was not only going to be the experienced left, back, uh, left wing back that Conte wanted, you know, and a soldier that knows the Conte way, but he will, he will help the young ones around him in those same positions and teach them about being a wing back. So I'm not saying we need a teacher to teach wing back play right now, but him being experienced and having that experience to kind of be open with the young ones to encourage them and to almost talk about the game and to open up their experience head and give them give his his knowledge to the young ones as well. Could could be a good thing, you know. But um, if he goes, then I think we probably need, probably you know, we probably need to replace him. To tell you the truth, and we're probably looking for somebody that gives us those type of attributes, so that we've got another option off the bench. We know that Richarlison can play left wing or the right wing, but we know that he's preferred in the number nine. You know, all, the majority of forwards we've, we've got can interchange in different positions. I was going to go through them, but you know what I mean? Yeah, the majority know, yeah. of them can. But so, so we, we, we're always going to have an option, but he gives us something that not too many of the rest of them do, you know? So if he was to stick around, I'm not going to be upset about it. Again, given a second chance to a player, you know, under a new manager, he, I've, I've, he's been the one, one of those along, alongside Lacelso that I've been the most impressed with. So if he wants to be there and he wants to show up and he believes in this system and he believes in this manager and he's not, look, he's not looking to get away, he's not fed up with the Tottenham project and he's motivated to go into the season and be that super sub and, and wants him, I don't see the problem. Can I just answer um, Graham's couple of messages here? I get free tickets and uh, I work for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I don't work for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm, I'm standing outside the stadium here on my own. So if any Tottenham employees are around, please, uh, can, can I have a beer? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Craig, let's come to you. Uh, after 27 minutes, um, it looked like Vicario was getting lobbed. I think one of you mentioned that earlier and he made a good save. Six minutes later, there was a call for handball um, in the penalty area. The referee waved it away. And then on 37 minutes, Spurs went 2-1 up. Um, Skip with a, a fantastic header after, again, another fantastic ball in from Perisic. Um, Skip, Oliver Skip, where does it leave Oliver Skip? Because Ange Postacoglu has been raving about him this evening. Where does it leave him um, going forward for next season? Because we do have a number of great midfielders. Of course, Benton Kerr has, has, has got to come back as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we should definitely hold on to Skippy. It sounds, sounds like he's going to be around anyway. Um, <clears throat> I think he's, he's... You want four. If he's playing two, um, four, two, three, one, or whatever the formation is, but if he's having two behind, say, Madison or LaSalle, so he... he He's not a starter for me at the moment, Skip, but um, he, he's a good, solid player to have in there. And he and he runs all day. And it's, to be honest, it's great to see him getting forward. And I love that header, the way he attacked it. Absolutely love that. I thought it was Richarlison at first and suddenly realised I saw Skip running away. But it was um, it was a great goal. Uh, look, as, as Ricky said, he loves the club. He's come through the academy. He knows, he, he knows what he means to play for, for Tottenham. Um, and look, sometimes that ain't good. It just ain't good enough, and you have to say sorry. We've got to let you go. Skippy's a bit different. I, I like Skippy. I think he's a really good option off the bench at the moment. I think that's that's what he's got to um, he's got to obviously work towards pushing the players out that are ahead of him. But I'd certainly keep hold of Oliver Skip. Um, I think he's a good squad player to have around, definitely. Just before, just before half-time, Solomon went through. Uh, could have made it 3-1 to Tottenham, hit it at the goalkeeper. Um, Ollie, what have you made of the signing of Mana Solomon? I think it's a good addition. I think it can never hurt to have more names in attack, especially if Kane is going to leave. Um, no, he, he impressed me at Fulham last season. He, um, I think there was a, he had a spell where he scored a few in a row. Um, yeah, I think he's someone that He's a bit of a personality. He looks like a, a bit of a, a happy, happy, chappy, you know, joker in the dressing room. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it, it can't hurt. I mean, I was talking to Josh Hughes, who comes on the show sometimes, and he wasn't, he wasn't that impressed with the signing and said we didn't really need him. But, you know, it's a free transfer, somehow a free transfer, even though he was still under contract. Some, I don't know what happened there. Um, but, you know, who cares? Um, yeah, free transfer. He's played in the Premier League. He's going to be competing for a spot in the attack, which is what we want, especially if Kane goes. Um, but no. And, Stop and, saying that. Stop you, saying that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who said what? Talk to him. Talk to him. Wait, what? <laughs> so oh, Stop saying if Kane leaves, Charlie. All <laughs> uh, right. Oh, sorry. I mean, you're going to have to accept it, Craig. You're going to have to accept it. You know what? Know. Do you know what? I, 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 we've got to the halfway point. We've got to the halfway uh, or half, you know, half time. Um, let, let's, halfway let's, point? let's do it now. Let's do it I'll, now. I'll, I'll is start Harry Kane, okay. okay. Kane going to be a Spurs player against Brentford on Sunday? Ricky, let's start with you. Just give me a very quick answer. Yes or no? Yeah, 100% yes, my friend. 100%. Crazy. He's staying. He ain't going nowhere. I, look, I, I, I flip-flopped all week. All, all transfer window about this is he, he's going to go oh he's going to go he's going to stay oh it looks like he's going to stay I 
I'm, I think he will. I think he'll just stay. Um, but, you know, if anybody from the club's watching this, just tell Daniel to just say no, like <laughs> they did in Grange Hill all them years ago. Just say no and get done with Bayern. Tell him to go and do one and let Harry see out his contract and let Harry enjoy the football under Ange and see what we can do because it's driving me absolutely insane. This I'm sure everybody out there and everybody on this chat, it's driving him insane. You're, you're, you know, you're checking Twitter, you think, oh, we're waiting for Romano to say something. Oh, Bayern's putting another bid. Oh, God, he's doing my head in. I, I, I just hope that, you know, if, if that bid that we're told is going to be 94.6 million, including add-ons, I think I heard, I just hope, that's, I hope that Daniel Levy just turns around and said, no, nah, nah, right, look, look, you're not serious. Shut it down, Kane's staying. And, you know, with, with Kate about to drop as well, I just I just don't understand why Harry would want to go this year. I don't get what the rush is. I really don't. I respect Bayern as a club, but I don't know why you would want to go to the Bundesliga. I just don't get it. I've never understood it. And I hope Kane stays. I know that wasn't a quick answer, Chris, but I well, desperately want Kane to stay. What I wanted to ask is, um, if Harry Kane is not for sale, why do Bayern Munich keep coming back with offers, Greg? Exactly. And you, unless Daniel Levy's doing the biggest wind-up in history, knowing full well he's not going to sell him. Or, or I don't get it. I don't get why he just doesn't, hasn't said that. Um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't get it why he's entertaining it. Perhaps he's hoping that Bayern come in with a ridiculous offer that he couldn't turn down. Saying they come in with 150 million quid, of course you're going to sell him. You know, well, but is, is 90 million pounds a good offer for Harry Kane? So Spurs can then rebuild and Postacoglu knows exactly where he stands. He can then go and spend the money instead of Harry Kane leaving on a free transfer next summer. I think no. it's worth the risk. I personally, I think Harry Kane's worth it's worth you haven't lost anything, um, keeping Aaron Kane around. It didn't cost us anything apart from wages. You know, he's come through the academy. So you're technically not losing that 90 million quid. And I don't trust them to spend that money wisely, Chris, because we've been here before with bail. Well, I'd rather personally keep him around. But. The only reason I ask that is because if you get Harry Kane to leave on a free transfer, you get no money in. We will then get a very different replacement in for him rather than a decent replacement because we know that money's there to spend. No? See what you're saying, but don't forget the million, 50 million that was or should be drawn down that we should be spending this window from Enoch. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just think we should be planning our transfer windows with money to spend, regardless of the money that comes in for somebody like Harry Kane and your star player. I, I just don't think, personally, I don't think, and I hope I'm right. And I tweeted this earlier or X'd it earlier, whatever it is now. Um, Daniel Levy would not want to go down as the chairman. His legacy, surely, is not going to want to be the chairman that sold our best ever player. It wants to be, I look at the stadium I built. And it's not going to be that if he sells Harry Kane. But, but you could see it that um, he go, he'll go down as the chairman that let the best player leave on a free transfer. I think he'd probably live with that because I think you've asked majority of the fan base, do you want Kane to stick around? I think the majority of the fan base would say yes. And you've got to do, he said many times, he's a custodian of this club. You have to do what the fans do to a certain extent. And I know this is so contentious because some people out there, even on this chat, will think we should take Bayern's money. 
I, I get that. I get the financial side of it. But Harry Kane is the best number nine in the world and he's our player at the moment. You saw Sunday what he's capable of. And he weren't at full tilt Sunday. Imagine what he can do in this, in this um, nearly said Pochettino then, Postacoglu side, you know? It, it's frightening. Him and Madison are always are already striking up that little partnership. So I, I, I just want this done and dusted. I just can't wait till the weekend. And, and you know, I, oh, I, I tell you, if this offer comes in tomorrow or whatever. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you all a question. Go on. Let me ask you all a question. Are Tottenham Hotspur going to spend £100 million on one player? No. No. So why do we care about the £100 million? In because... fact, £100 million is cheap for Harry Kane. Harry Kane guarantees you goals. There's not so yeah. many guarantees in football and in life. Yeah. But the one guarantee that you can put your money in your house on is Harry Kane will score you goals. So really and truly, Germany... Uh, Bayern Munich, the league, the paper, the reporter, all of them, they've all been stupidly disrespectful. 96, 94 million, that's cheap. That's a bargain for somebody who gives you a guarantee. Really and truly, and I don't care about the year left either. Really and truly, he's, you know, at very minimum, the fact that this hundred million pound was, was kind of muted around, Bayern should have just dropped a hundred mil and then, and then gone from there. Do you know what I mean? But this whole kind of play, 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 because Bayern always get what they want. Bayern always get it their own way. When they wanted Lewandowski, they got him. When they wanted Ruse, they got him. When they want, uh, uh, not Ruse, Goetze. When they wanted Goetze from uh, Dortmund, they got him. When they want a manager, they go and get him. When they, they get players on a free, they get players on a cheap, left, right and centre. They don't, they don't pay big money for players. So the fact that the £100 million, pounds, pounds, not euros, was there, and that was muted. It wasn't truthful. It was just a rumour. They should have just dropped it and started from there. Do you know but what I mean? Ricky, because £100 million is still cheap for a guaranteed 25 to 30 goals a season in whatever league you put Harry Kane in. I completely agree with you. But if Spurs did not want to sell Harry Kane, they would simply say to Bayern Munich and every single other club, he is not for sale. Yes. Now, I hear what you're saying. But this is, this is my theory, Okay. This is my theory. Because Kane missed out on that Man City deal, and Man City were disrespectful as well because they should have put the money down, and they didn't. They wanted to play silly, you know, they, they, but they didn't. Do you know what I mean? Still, at that point, 100 mil, it was still cheap for Harry Kane, another guaranteed yeah. Premier League goal scorer, right? But they didn't do it. But Harry himself missed out. And at that point, Haaland's come in and banged how many goals and got the glory with every single trophy. Maybe that hurt him. Maybe he sees Carl Walker winning everything since the time he's left, and maybe that hurts him. So maybe he was he uh, uh, at this point in time when a top team has come in and they've got interest. What the club have done, or what Levy have done, in my estimation, in my theory, in my guesstimate, is they've played the game. All right, you know. All right, Harry, a big side's come in. You know, they want to speak to you. You know, we've all heard that Harry's open to all possibilities right now, all options of, of this potential transfer window, right? Staying, going, sticking around, going on a free. He's, he's open to all these things. But the club have then opened talks with a big boy, big boy club in the Champions League, top of their league all the time. And what I think they're doing is they're playing the game again so that they can turn to Harry and go, look, we spoke to him. Yes, you know, if they would have put down the money, we, we would have signed off and then, all right, Harry, you could have gone, mate. 
but they came with some rubbish they tried it and they wanted to come and get you for 50, 50 52 pence and it's not happening do you know what i mean like you're you're worth more they they're even disrespecting harry kane by offering what they're offering so you're worth more, Harry. We couldn't do it. We spoke to them. You saw they came over. We had lunch with them. I took them to the Mayfair, bruv. Like, I went, I, I went to speak <laughs> to them for you, mate. But you know what? They they wanted a discount, and we can't. We don't deal in discounts. So, unfortunately, Harry, we can't sign the deal off. I think that's what's happening. Ricky, the other thing that I wanted to say is, are you worried that if Harry Kane leaves on a free transfer, he could go anywhere to a Premier League rival? At least if... And, and, I, and I'm covering all angles here. So at least if, if we went to Bayern Munich and we got a really good sum of money, 90 to 100 million pounds for him, and then put in the clause in the contract that we have a buyback option when he's finished with Bayern Munich, would that not be the best scenario? Not, not for me. I, don't, I, I think if we let him go, he's not coming back, regardless of buyback clause. You never know what's going to happen in, in life and in football, bro. He could have a terrible injury over there and or he could enjoy the city or if he was to go or he could enjoy winning every season. Do you know what I mean? Just because there's a buyback clause there doesn't mean that we, we can activate it and he, he's going to want to come back. Do you know what I mean? So for, so for me, no. For, for me, the, the next move that should be happening is uh, a contract of two years gets put down on the on, on the table with a buyout clause in it. You pay him 400 to 500 grand a month while he's here. You make him captain. You sell him on, on, on being a Tottenham boy through and through and lifting a trophy with, with the captain's armband on. It's going to be you. You're going to be the man, bro. And if it doesn't, if it, if it comes down to the end of this season and you want to go, well, the buyback clause, uh, not the buyback, the release clause is there. It's in writing. If they pay X amount, then you can go, mate, after a year. So that covers everybody. That covers everybody. Tottenham get their money. Uh, if if Kane wants to go after a year and he doesn't like what uh, Postacoglu is doing or the signings or the way that it is, then he can go his merry way and Tottenham still get some money and he can go to a big club. The big club's happy too because the re re release clause is there and they don't have to deal with Daniel Levy or the club. So for me, that's the best solution. Oli, let's come to you on the Harry Kane situation. Do you think that he will be a Spurs player come the end of the transfer window? Um, no, I don't. And I, and I take a very neutral view on this. I'm taking my Tottenham hat off. All right, um, this, is, this is what it is, right? So it cannot, it cannot ever be possible to be logical about keeping a player like Harry Kane until the end of the season when he's got a year left on his deal. And I know that Tottenham, the, the Tottenham Chiefs are not going to have that. They're not going to, they're not going to take the view that he costs nothing, so he can leave nothing. Fine, I agree. Because, because if you can get ninety million, yes, Harry Kane in his prime, if he if he was on a five year contract, he'd be worth two hundred million, maybe more. But when you can sign him for free next summer, and a club is offering you ninety million plus for a, one of the best strikers in the world. I think it is insanity to turn that down. And I'm speaking as a non-Tottenham fan at this present moment, um, just as a businessman. And and we know better than, better than anyone that the people running Tottenham are businessmen. And we've we've done stories that very clearly say that that Daniel Levy has been told if he don't if he not signed a contract, he's out of here. And 
there's no way we're going to go into the season. This is just my hot take. I don't, I don't have any current insider sources uh, apart from the stories that we've already done at the mail. Um, but I don't think we're just going to play the risky game of let's see if he likes the football. Let's see if he signs a new deal. I just don't, I can't see it happening. Um, and this is what's going to happen, right? So you let him go, you, you keep him at the club, you say no to Bayern, you say no thanks, well, you can you can keep your 90 million and we'll keep him and we'll enjoy his last year. He's going to leave on a free transfer. He's not going, like, I'd be stunned if he signed a new deal. It, it would have to be that we're wiping the floor with teams every week and we win the Carabao Cup and he's like, hang on a minute, this is good. It's going to be a real tough thing for that to happen. So the likelihood, let's be honest, let's be really honest. He's going to leave and he's going to go to United and then he's going to score goals against Spurs and he's going to get the goal scorer's um, record. He's going to get Shearer's record in United colours or, you know, probably a Premier League club because he likes the Premier League. And I'm surprised that he'd even want to go to Bayern Munich because being respectful to Bayern, the league is not good enough. They win the league every year. He'll, He'll easily win the Bundesliga there. That's fine. Does he really want to do that? I don't know. He's not going to win the Champions League at Bayern. They're not good enough. I don't think even McCain are good enough to win the Champions League. Um, so, logically, from Harry's point of view, stay at Spurs, go to United for free. Easy. That's 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 the logical thing. From a Spurs point of view, we don't want to lose him because he's been an incredible custodian to this club, an amazing goal scorer, a consummate yeah. professional, broken every record there is. We want to keep him for as long as possible, but we're going to pay for it. At the end of the season, we're going to pay for it. We're going to pay for the loyalty. We're going to pay for the the passion and the how much we, we honour this guy and worship this guy. You're going to end up with no money. So, What if he gets us into the Champions League goal? I think we get in the Champions League without him. But, but if he gets us into the Champions League, then we don't lose money. We, we gain 60 and we well, lose, lose out 90. on 30. You lose 90. <laughs> Well, it depends because if you're, if you're looking at it, how much money we get from the Champions League, I think we could sell him and still get Champions League. But that is me being Ricky Norwood style positive. <laughs> do, do, do you know what, Ollie? I, I agree with so much of what you've said there because um, the football club, I just cannot see when you're being offered that amount of money now. It doesn't make sense, I business, business yeah, stuff. I, I, I cannot see them letting Harry Kane leave on a free transfer. We, we, we have to and, look at it from a non Tottenham fan point of view. Yeah, I can't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in my head, he's going to be there for Brentford. Um, I can't see. I can see it going all the way to the end of the window, and then he, Daniel Levy, squeezes every penny out of Bayern, and then they just say, "Yeah, let's do it." And and it's going to be really painful, and it's going to suck. Um, but that is my. I'd be Gary Neville said yesterday. I'd be stunned if Bayern if 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 Kane went to Bayern, and I would. I'd be stunned that he'd want to go there, but I'd also be stunned if he stayed. Um, just because Spurs, from our point of view, we have to be getting as much money as possible from a world-class talent. I think it'd be a travesty if he left for free. And, and Ollie, here, the, yeah, go on. So, sorry, mate. I, I, could, I would understand this if it was Real Madrid or, or Barcelona. I, I would understand it. I, I really would. But going to Bayern, like you said, the league isn't that strong. They're going to win the league. If, if it's all about trophies, he's, yep, he's going to win the league. But if you want to just, if it's all about trophies, you might as well go to Celtic, you know, because yeah. they're, they're almost guaranteed it's to win the league. You haven't got to me. I, I don't understand yeah, why. They're not offering the money. But it, he, no, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, I get that. 
Kane wants to go. If, so if he wants to go and they're being offering 90 million, take the money. Does, does he, if push comes to shove, do you think, well, stupid I think question, he, really? He didn't honest. want to go, no, but he's met up with, he's met up with Tuchel. They had lunch together at his house. They is said, that true? He, is, yeah. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, 100%. We've reported it. It's happened. They, he wants to go. Like the, the Bayern, the Bayern chief said he met up with Harry and his brother. That he's very interested. I don't know why. I mean, that he's going to get a hell of a lot of money and he's going to win every trophy in Germany. Big whoop. Um, but he, he wants to go. So if he wants to go, and also you don't really want to have a player in the club who wants to leave. Well, I don't, that, know, that, I don't know who's that, captain. That, that's a very good point, Ollie. And, and Ricky, let me come to you on this. You know, Ange Postacoglu must be very frustrated since he's come in. There's all this Harry Kane situation, all this Harry Kane noise. You, you can tell that he is getting quite frustrated with it. He looks it's frustrated. Good. He sounds frustrated with it in some of the press conferences about the Harry Kane situation. What do you think it's like for him? Because do you think he knows right now whether Harry Kane is going to be a Spurs player on Sunday or on the 2nd of September when the window closes on the 1st of September? Do you think he knows? I, do I think he knows? Um, probably not, mate. Probably not. And... Um, I think he's waiting for the decision like everybody else. Um, but the one thing about Ange is that he's dealt with these scenarios before. He's dealt with big players leaving. And they might be not be big players to us in the Premier League. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But in their respective league or in their position, they've, they've, they've lost big players. And he's a rebuild manager. So, you know, uh, he's dealt with these scenarios before. He's dealt with these questions before. He just hasn't dealt with it in the volume. And the, the amount of press and the amount of questions that are coming from him and the amount of reporters and the amount of tweets. And he, I don't think he's ever dealt with that, that type yeah. of volume of pressure. So, of course, he gets frustrated by it. Of course, you get frustrated when you, you get asked the same question time in, time out, day in, day out. You know, of course he is. Oh, Chris, they've turned the lights out. It's, on time, it's time for bed. I think it's time for bed, Chris. Those listening right now, Chris is standing outside and Barcelona have turned the lights out on him. Lights out. Lights out and away we go. That's <laughs> time. I think that's, that's an Ricky Norwood's talking too much. Yeah. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. I can't even read my notes now. Um, right. So, we're all, so, Ollie, you think Harry Kane's going. Um, Ricky, Craig, you think Harry Kane's staying. Yeah, it'd be, nuts. Sticking, it'd be yeah. nuts if he stayed. So that I, I don't know if he will go, but my logic tells me that he has to go. That's that's. What I, I, I just think as well. Somebody made a really good point in in the chat there. Why would he blow a lot like, a massive signing on fee for a club in less than a year as well? You know, I know he's not. He never seems to be the sort of guy that's about money. But when you're being offered millions to sign on and just play out the season at Tottenham and have your choice and get a massive signing on for you and a huge wage, I, I don't get it. If it was me, I'd stay personally, but perhaps I've got my Spurs well, at well and truly on there. Oli, do you not think that they could offer him a 12-month, a, a not a 12-month, but a, you know, a two-year contract with a release clause? Do you not think that, that he, he would still he, he would accept that when he can go for free, though? Why would he accept it when... Things are going, things are like on the art, but he can literally go for free and join any club he wants. Why would he sign a new deal? Well, the, the, he, those were those, those reports out, I think, but again, it's Twitter, in it? So, the, but also, if, also, Ricky, if he signs, sorry, if he signs a two year deal with a release clause, it's just he may as well leave on a free because everyone's going to bid for him anyway. 
Okay. So okay. I, I, I just don't see for him, but for you, yes, great. Yeah. Get him to sign a new deal. But for Kane, I mean, he loves Spurs. Let's 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 be honest. He loves Spurs, um, yeah. but he's running out of time to do his thing to 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 get everyone off his back about the trophies thing and. And I just don't see, from his point of view, unless a miracle happens this season, I don't see why he would want to sign a new deal. Ollie, as a journalist, and I know you don't... Sorry, sorry, I'm just really interested to get this. Ollie, as a journalist, I know you probably don't like to um, talk bad about people in your profession, but how do you think this has been handled by the Bayern Munich press? Because they control the press in Germany, don't they, Bayern Munich? They're they're linked in that Pletty goal or whatever and and other people like that. Pleasant heart. No, no, it's been awful. I think the guy, the guy who held up the Harry Kane shirt, was so unprofessional, um, and he's quite rightly been banned from Spurs press. I don't think he cares. Um, yeah. No, but it, it's been abysmal. It's been it's been a joke. And you know, I, I was I was with the German. I went and visited the German World Cup team in Oman last year, and I was chatting to a journalist, and they they're very liberal and they they're very different in the way they handle things, their attitude. They kind of just yeah, they have this very kind of blasé approach to reporting and it's it's just their style. Um, and yeah, I, I know a few Spurs fans are getting a bit frustrated with Pletty, what's his name, Pletty Goal, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, they they just, they love the drama, don't they? Um, that's just how they... Yeah, but it, it's, it's not been conducted well. And I don't think Bayern Munich have conducted themselves very well. You don't, you know, Ange would never talk about a player that wasn't his player. We, we, we don't like we, we, it's the classy thing to do it's the, it's the gentleman's rule you don't discuss a player and every single week somebody from Bayern's board is saying oh yeah it'd be great we'd love Kane it'd be great he, he would love it to come he would love to come here and we'd love him and he'd be a star you don't talk about a player before he signs it's just not it's not very classy so yeah I, I just don't think they've handled it well at all Ricky, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love Harry Kane to stay, and that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? You know that he's banging in the goals like he did last season, and and of course when you know he's been at Tottenham, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, sadly, he hasn't been successful, but I just cannot see him signing a new contract. Um, I think it's unrealistic. If you love something, set it free. Yeah, um, to, there will come a time where we have to learn to let him go. Yeah. Like Joe Roden, but on loan. Um, You've got to learn to let Joe Roden go, man. It's tough. I'm going to very quickly go through the second half um, because I want to ask you all your opinion on the transfer window. Um, In the 56th minute, Eric Dye had a free kick deflected wide. A minute later, Richarlison header just wide from a corner. A minute later, Pedri with a shot over the bar for Barcelona. Um, In the 59th minute, Pedro Poro with a shot at goal. Goalkeeper saved. Um, In the 63rd minute, Barcelona with another shot over the bar. Um, Davinson Sanchez with great pressure um, Craig, let's cover Davinson Sanchez very quickly because that was probably one of Sanchez's best performance in a long time Yep, it was, as I said earlier probably the best performance I've seen him have in the Tottenham shirt for many many, many a year um, his pace at the back recovered well, slid in a lot of times and timed the tackles to perfection, uh, I'm not saying we should keep him around but I, I think he he probably gave Postecoglou something to think about tonight, but he may well have already decided that um, Sanchez is uh, probably going to be looking for a move. But um, to be fair to him, Davinson, he played a great game tonight and I think um, stopped a couple of goals going in, certainly in that first half uh, and at the beginning of the second. So, um, 
definitely our best defender on the night, Chris, yeah. In the 72nd minute, a double change for Tottenham. Devine and Spence coming on, Perisic and Skip coming off. Um, Ollie, just wanted to ask you very quickly um, on Jed Spence. Do you think he's going to get an opportunity under Postacoglu? Because, again, very limited minutes. Uh, same as Antonio Conte. Went out on loan to Rennes. What do you think is going to be um, his future? Do you think he's going to end up leaving Tottenham on a permanent basis? Because we've seen reports in the last couple of days that Spurs could even offer him to Nottingham Forest in a, in a deal that could bring Brendan Johnson to Tottenham? Yeah, it doesn't look good, does it? I think, um, to be honest, his only opportunities are probably going to come in the cut games. Um, from what we've seen from the friendlies so far, it seems like it's Royale, then Porro. Um, so, yeah, he, he's not in the top of the pecking order. Um, it seems like the only people who want to start Jed Spence is us Tottenham fans. Um, but we don't watch him in training every week. I, I guarantee you, if you watched him in training, um, you'd probably be like, mm, yeah, maybe not. Um, it, it can't be that that many managers see him and don't want it and don't want to start him in the games because he's come up from Nottingham Forest when they were in the championship. And yeah, for whatever reason, he's clearly not cut up for it. He went to Rennes. Um, in the French league, which is not a great league, um, and yeah, it just doesn't look good for him. I, I would love him to get a, a, to get a chance, especially considering how bad all our right backs are. I would love him to get a chance. Um, but yeah, the fact that we're offering up as um, as a make weight in a deal, yeah, I, yeah, his his future looks um, bleak to say the least. Yeah, he was also one of those players uh, training um, in that very small group. Um, uh, in Australia, Thailand and Singapore. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, in the 76th minute, um, Richarlison went off. Dane Scarlett came on. Um, five minutes later, Lacelso had a free kick. Goalkeeper saved. Um, and then it was the case of Barcelona scoring three times. Do you want to talk us through all three goals very quickly? <sighs> not, not, not really, Chris. Not really, <laughs> mate. Um... <laughs> In short, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. And it was almost the same old, same old. You know, like, Regulon got done a couple of times for a couple of them goals. Um, I felt that, you know, Eric, you know, obviously he's building up his fitness and stuff like that, but he didn't have a great season last season at all. And the balls just slipped past him. That 16-year-old, I don't, I can't remember his name right now, but the, the, the first goal that he set up, like, that ball outside of the foot, and what did we see again? We saw the back of Dyer's head again, which I, I don't want to critique him as a man. Do you know what I mean? But I can only critique what I see within the performance. And, you know, I'll, I, I... Your mouth. Say it again, bro. Your mouth. Yeah. Oh, your mouth. Your mouth. I thought you were talking about my mum then. I thought you said your mum. <laughs> What's he talking about, bro? I'm East London. <laughs> your mum. <laughs> <laughs> your mum, like. <laughs> this is but just not ugly now. Yeah, but no, he, I, I, you know, uh, Reggie and Dyer, you know, uh, um, they didn't do too well tonight up against, in, especially in that second half. Nice one, Victor. Um, but yeah, especially in that second half. And it, it was just kind of, it, it was easy to cut through that same old defence. I mean, that's a, that, that's a kind of, uh, a look at the future if we was to play that defence again as our regular kind of week in, week outside, I think that's a, that's a kind of vision of what would come. You know, the overrunningness, the the rashness, the, the, it's like the, the, those that back, not, not so much Sanchez, but Dyer and Reglon 
it just seemed a bit off the pace, really. And um, so, yeah, there wasn't great. There wasn't great goals at all to concede. But it, it felt to me like same old, same old in that, in that scenario. Ricky, just a, a yes or a no. Do you expect Sergio Reglon to be a Spurs player at the end of this window? No, I wouldn't say so. I would say he'd probably be on the shopping list. I mean, I like Reggie as a person, like Craig. You know, he looks like a good boy. He looks like he's a giggle around the squad. When he first turned up, I thought he was going to be the second coming of Danny Rose. And, you know, they uh, they kind of sent him out on loan. And I, I was a bit confused about why they sent him out on loan at that time. But we're seeing what's going on right now. And I think with Mickey van der Ven coming in, hopefully another defender, I think you could have... You doggy, who looks phenomenal in that left back role right now, and I think he could really grow into that role. But then you've got you, you could have Mickey van der Ven that could we could use as cover on that on uh, as that left back and use his pace. And then you bring in your new defender, fingers crossed, taps over as your left sided centre back, and, and that could look really exciting, you know. And then you've got Davis as backup, you know. So, um, really and truly, my heart of hearts is no. He's not going to be around. He's going to be. He's going to be sold, mate. Now, last couple of questions, um, Craig. Let's come to you. Um, the transfer window, um, of course. Tottenham Hotspur earlier today announced that Mickey Van der Ven has signed on a six-year deal, as well as uh, Aleko Valis. Um, so now, in this transfer window, we have signed six players: Vicario, Solomon, Phillips, Madison, Van der Ven, and Valis, and uh, two others. If you wanted to count them, Pedro Porro and Kulaseski. Um, on permanent deals. So six players or eight players, whatever you want to call it. Um, Craig, what what rating out of 10 would give this window so far? Um, six so far. I think we're a couple of defenders short still. Uh, I'd lo- love to get two more centre-back or one more centre-back, definitely. I'm definitely a starter. I've known nothing about Ashley Phillips. So um, all I've heard is a good Good acquisition, but perhaps not for the now. Um, yeah. Belize, Belize, is that his name, Belize? Again, know nothing about him at all, but again, not one for the now. I'd imagine one for the future. Um, I would have classed uh, Poro and Kulisevsky as our players already, so you can't really count them in my book. Okay. Madison, fan- fantastic signing. Really loved James Madison, always loved him. Um, I wanted us to sign him when he was at Norwich. Um, I think he's going to be a, a great player for Tottenham. Um, I for, look, Chris. We've got thirty-nine players in the squad yeah. now. Yeah. We and obviously, if Roden goes through, that's thirty-eight. We've got to start offloading people. Surely, um, I know we all want more incomings, but they've got to get. They've got to trim this squad down. Yeah. Um, it's bloody ridiculous. Um, I, six out of ten for me so far because I don't think we've done anywhere near enough to, to get get challenging for the top four or five. Um, and obviously, in the next few days, I know what um, Ollie's saying about the transfer window. We all know it runs till first or second of September, whatever it is. But Kane said he, if he's not sorted out by the Brentford game and if he plays in that, he's staying. So for me, if they stick to that. Regardless of when the transfer window shuts, Harry's going to, if Harry sticks to his word, as we've as we've heard, if he's in that squad for Sunday, then he's staying for the season. So, and I think then perhaps you have to look at, because, you know, if Harry goes, we're going to have to bring in a striker, presumably, as well. So, that's another one for the shopping list. But 
Who you get, God knows. Because you're not going to replace Harry Kane, so you can forget that. You, you've got to get in an out-and-out number nine for me that's going to challenge for that position with Richarlison. But we haven't done enough at the moment. Let's say Kane's going to stay. We still haven't done enough for me. Um, but, but getting people out the door is, is the main thing at the moment as well. So they've got a lot of work to do still, I think. Only a couple of days ago, Jurgen Klingsmann said exactly what Ollie said tonight. I, I think it will go down to the wire um, at the end of the window. Um, Ollie, what else do we need to do in this transfer window to be uh, competing for a Champions League spot, a Europa League spot? You know, because when you look at all the other teams around us, particularly the ones that finished above us, one to seven, they've all strengthened their squads. Have we done enough to challenge for top four, top six? Um well, I would give it a 7 out of 10. And I think if you look through every position, we've signed a keeper, we've signed a centre-back, we've signed a midfielder in Madison, and we've signed two forwards in um, Solomon and Belize. So that's five players, every single position filled. And Adogi as well. If you, if you can count Adogi, even though we signed him last season, he's like a new signing. But we filled pretty much every position, every position where we needed cover, we've signed. Are they amazing covers? No. Are they world-class? I think the only player who's like a, you know, statement signing is Madison. Everybody else is unproven and jury's very much out. But they will add the squad depth. Is it good enough to win the win the Champions League? To get back in the Champions League? I hope so, but probably at this point it's going to be tough. Um, especially when, you, you know, Arsenal go out and spend 100 million on Rice. But if we took the Kane money, we'd just done a story tonight saying that Bayern are going to come back with 94 million bid. Um, and if we if we accepted that, we can go and get Tapsoba. We can go and get Laporte. We could go and get we could even go and get David Raya for 40 million. Um, don't shake your head at me, Ricky. <laughs> we could go get um, another striker. Yes, we would lose Kane's um, goals and his amazingness. But we could we could get the you know, you guys are saying we need this, we need that. We take this money. We go get it. We go get anyone we want. So, I just, Ricky, are you telling me that if you were the if you were Daniel Levy and you you have ninety four million, you would say no? It's 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 not so much that, bro. It's it's like part of me feels that we shouldn't be relying on cane money to get in a tap sober. That was what the shake of the head was, really. Yeah. And I think there's other people within that squad that you could get rid of, get rid of to bump up, you know. The, the money there. Um, so when it comes down to people like Tapsoba or uh, I don't know another striker or so, I, I just don't think you, I just don't think you need to sell Harry for that, bro. That's why I was kind of like, and I, I just don't, you know, there's one thing going in for someone like Laporte, but is he gonna want to come to Tottenham? Is he gonna be the one that says, you know, the high profile lot that either want a lot of money or Champions League football sort of thing? So that's where my cynicism came in. Well, he's not playing. Laporte's not playing, and he's not going to get minutes at City this season. So, why not? I mean, I'm not Laporte, but why not? I mean, you're playing in an attractive team that plays good football. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, no, I hear you there. I see what you mean because, yeah, you're going to sell our greatest player ever and then use it to buy a few defenders. Yeah, that sounds that sounds crazy. But then, you know, you're really going to spend. Is there a, is there a player that you can spend 100 million on that is a like for like replacement? No. So you might as well recycle it around the team and make us all round stronger. 
I don't know. That's just my. No, but, but, but but didn't you say earlier, Ollie, that you think that Richarlison would be a, a replacement? Yeah, I think I think we could do that. Too. Yeah, I think we could do that too. I think I think yeah. you, that's what I'm saying. I think you could use the money to buy the players we need still, and then just let either let Richarlison do it or let Sun do it. I think that could work. I think whoever's up front is going to score goals. Yeah, I just I have my doubts whether. Um, we would be good enough to get a Champions League spot or even a Europa League spot. It's I a think huge risk. It's a huge risk. It's a huge gamble. I think whatever you do, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Whatever happens, we're making a bad decision from someone's yeah. eyes. And, and, and the other thing, Ricky, to go back to your point about Harry Kane earlier, imagine if Harry Kane stays at Spurs for this, this coming season and then we win a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup. And he goes, right, I've won the trophy. I'm off. I mean, that, that could happen. But yeah, at least he would have... Look, I think we all know as Spurs fans, the one thing that Harry has always wanted is to lift a trophy for Tottenham. So we, we might kind of kind of diminish it by saying a Carabao Cup or something and saying, all right, he's lifted it and now he's gone. But that's what he's always wanted to do. Could you imagine if he missed out on it? And yeah. you know what? Harry Kane, like you've always said, Chris, it, you bring up the stat a lot, it, it, that he scored 30 goals in 38 games in a struggling defensive side. How many is he gonna go? How many goals is he gonna score this season under Ange? You know he's gonna rival Haaland, bro. He's gonna he's gonna go all right. Cool. It's between me and you, mate. And like, let's have it. Do you know what I mean? He potentially he could get 35, 40 goals this year. Yeah, but unless you really shore up that defense and spend big money, you know, I, I'm with I'm with you, um, Ricky, about the you know we shouldn't need to sell Harry Kane to bring in top defenders. I've always said that. Mm. Um, Rick, just very quickly, give me a, a rating out of ten for the for the window so far. I'm I'm very much like Craig. I'm I'm on a six. Um, you know, um, Madison definitely statement signing. It's I'm really happy now that we've got a defender. Um, but you know, some of the signings we've got to trust, and we've got to let them bed in, and we've got to let them find their feet. And it, it's about the outgoings as well. We've only had one outgoing, you yeah. know, and and it's when you see other teams like. Chelsea, for instance, that have just kind of managed, I mean, and they might have connections with Saudi clubs, which makes it a little bit easier, but just managed to trim their squad, you know, so quickly and be able to start their rebuild as well. Like, we've only sold one, so I, I, I'm around a six right now. If we get another defender, I think we could push out. I think if we if we would have got Raya, I would have, I would have been on the sevens right now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, there's still time. Last question for you all. Um, Craig, let's start with you. Of course, we start our Premier League campaign on Sunday against Brentford. Um, it's come around very quickly. Um, what are your thoughts ahead of this game? How do you think Ange Postacoglu will set up in terms of personnel? And give me a score prediction. Um, well, I, th I think he's going to be... He's going to go more or less with the with the starting lineup at Shakhtar, but with Bissouma coming in, I think he'll go uh, Vicario... Emerson, uh, Romero. I'm not, I think it might be too early for VDV. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I think it would just be a game too early. So, who is he going to stick in there? <sighs> I'm going to... Oh, God. Um, I just don't think that Ange will want to sling him in straight away. I don't know. I might be. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's raring to go. So look, let's say VDV, VDV and Romero. Let's let's go with that. Um, and Doggy on the left, 
I think he'll go with Saar and um, Bissouma and then Madison in front with Kulisefti Son, Son and I'm going to say Harry Kane. Um, if not, it'll be Richarlison and I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham win. Okay. Ollie? Um, what, what what my lineup prediction? Yeah. Um, yeah, Bacario, Royale, Romero, Van der Ven, if he's fit, Van der Ven, because that's what he signed for. Um, Udogi, yeah, I think he doesn't seem to rate Hoiberg, does he? He keeps having a go at him. Um, so yeah, it probably will be Saar and Basuma. I, I actually agree exactly with you, Craig. I think that I think that will be the team. I think it will be pretty much close to what we saw against Shakhtar. That will be the team. Um, my prediction, it's a really tough one because they smashed us on the, the last home game, didn't they? And I yep. just seems like every time we play Brentford, they got our number. Uh, they're a really good team. They play really good football. It will uh, it will be a really high-scoring game, I think, because they play they play great football. We're playing good football now. There'll be mistakes. It'll be open. I think it might be 2-2. That's me okay. being realistic, not hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a two-one. But I think, I think it will be like a bit like tonight, where we go two-one up, and then they'll probably score in the last minute. Hopefully not. What about you, what about you Rick? I agree with the boys there on the lineup. Um, absolutely, I agree with the boys there on the lineup. I, th- I think we need to just check on Son because obviously he's coming back. He hasn't had that many minutes, so he he may be kind of. He might be only on for 60 minutes or something along those sides. But um, we've got options there. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I think it's going to be 4-2 Tottenham. I think we're guaranteed to concede, um, as we've seen throughout pre-season. And, um, I, but I think there's enough in there. I saw enough in there against Shakhtar. Mostly the passing, mostly the pressing, where it looked like we had two extra men on the field and mostly that attacking play they wasn't they were very brave they wasn't afraid to 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 pass and find <clears throat> those angles and find those extra men that are free so I'm going to go 4-2 and on Mickey van der Ven I reckon check him check him in now um, let him find his feet might yeah. as well if the first six games from Andrew's point of view are going to be rocky well you might as well have him in there and learn on the job I completely agree yeah put him in put him in Forty-three million. Forty-three million. You better. You better be good enough to start. Check him in. Yeah. Check him in. Well, Sanchez was forty-two. <laughs> and look what. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you got to earn your money. You got to earn your price tag. Let's go. Let's go. Ollie, thanks so much for joining us uh, this evening. Um, I know we've run over, so apologies. Uh, but it's always a pleasure having you on. Um, you where so can much. people find you and what you're up to at the moment? Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's X now. You can find me on X um, at Ollie Gamp. Um, no underscores, no dots. Um, yeah, I'm keen to connect with as many Spurs fans as possible. So give me a follow. Uh, what am I up to now? I'm doing a lot of boxing stuff actually. I, I interviewed Jake Paul the other day, uh, Chris Billum Smith, world champion, interviewed him today. So yeah, just trying to get on the boxing. We're doing a boxing podcast actually. That's something exciting. Um, it's called The Hook and it's starting fairly soon in the next few weeks. So keep your eyes peeled on that. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Ollie. And Ricky, uh, where can people find you and what are you up to at the moment? You guys know where you can find me. You can find me down here on X, uh, as it's now called. I, I don't know. I, f- I f- it feels weird saying it, doesn't it? 
Did, didn't it sound like a dodgy site, didn't it? Yeah. X.com, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Even when I get the notifications up, I'm like, like, what somebody <laughs> sent me? Do you know what I, I mean? Find. I'm swiping it straight away. I'm like, get rid of it, get rid of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. And I'll, I'll, I'll be on the, uh, with Chris uh, after the first game of the season. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, come on, you Spurs. I'm just looking forward to the end of the season. Come on. I'm auditioning. I'm all about. I'm back and forth from London and trying to keep busy. But um, yeah, I'll let you know when I can let you know what's going on. And uh, yeah, I will see you very soon. Always an honour and a pleasure to be on with yourself, Chris. With yourself, Craig, um, with my with my boy Ollie, um, I'm so happy that we got to have that gathering and that drink together. That yeah, was, that was like, so nice, such man. A, it was such a pleasure a to meet you. So, yeah, and, and <clears throat> to have a conversation and kind of give you all a little cheers and just just have that. So hopefully we can make that happen again. But yes, always an honour and pleasure. And Chris, make sure you get home safe, my friend. Yeah, Chris, you- I'm worried about you. Test me when you get home. <laughs> Give us, give us free rings. I'm, 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 I'm so surprised that we've, we've been on here for nearly two hours and Ricky has not mentioned Scorpion. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, bruv. I couldn't believe it. it. It was that bit. It was that bit where you where you tried to do it, but your your lips said no. You was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Craig, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, pleasure having you as always. Uh, what are you up to at the moment? Where can people find you? Um, yeah, if you want to follow me on, I'm going to say Twitter, X, just, just don't sound right, does it? it it's me, me, uh, me username there at DMN9. Um, get some really good comments from people. Thank you very much for those. Um, as I said earlier, I've just been spending a lot of my time ran with random German people about somebody I don't even know, as in Harry Kane, which is which is really good fun. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, always a pleasure coming on, Chris. Um, can't wait for the season to start now. I, I just hope our um, a new captain is with us Sunday, but we'll see. But you know, when all's said and done, there'll still be a Tottenham Hotspur even if Harry Kane goes. We've got to deal with that one day anyway. Yep. I'd rather it be in five, six years' time, but. You know, if it is if it's going to happen, it is what it is. It's going to be devastating for all of us. But we move on. If he don't want to break Shearer's record, and I'm sure the only person that's going to be happy is Alan Shearer because um, yeah. it's it's a very prestigious record to have. And I can't for the life of me think why well, Harry Kane just don't want to spend two more years break the record and then go and you can go with our blessing. But it's kind of like our record as well. I know that sounds daft, but I feel like it's our record as well and I want him to do it in Tottenham Colours. But if he doesn't, hey, he doesn't. It's up to him. It's his life. So we'll see. But thanks for having me on, Chris, and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Well, Ollie, Craig, Rick, thanks so much for your time this evening, uh, even though we lost and even though we're talking about a defeat. But of course, our Premier League campaign starts on Sunday. We'll be back on Sunday after the Brentford game. Uh, As Ricky said, the lights are out, so I'm off home. I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 